Hello and welcome to Fine Wine, where I talk about old media, well not really old media, but media and talk about whether or not it has aged like fine wine and who boy, um, today's media is definitely old and has definitely rotted. This wine is rotted. This wine has turned to cheese, and that cheese has then rotted. It has not aged well. Um, what I'm talking about is the 1937 film Broken Blossoms. This is um, a British film from 1937, and it's based on, apparently, a heartwarming novel. Apparently the novel's heartwarming, and the novel is called The Chink and the Child. Um, so just let that um, adjust your expectations for the film with knowing what the name of its source material is. Um, I chose to watch this film because as an Asian myself, I'm like, always morbidly curious about older, somewhat racist depictions of it, of like Asian people, especially in a time when there weren't, when Asians weren't established in um, film industries abroad. Like in the US, there was really only Anna Mae Wong. And then even then, she was chased out of the U.S. and had to do French films. Um, And so I saw Broken Blossoms, and I saw the... um, what they used as the main picture for the... um, for the movie. Um, It was free on Amazon Prime. You know, I'm pinching pennies here. (laughs) And I was like... Okay, it's only like an hour and 15 minutes. I can get through this. And no matter if I suffer or not, I'm going to watch it. So I was like already going into it knowing that it was going to be racist, old-fashioned racist. Um, But my mind was already blown when they showed the name of the novel was The Chink and the Child because that's like... Somebody released a novel called that. Um, So, anyways, we open up the film with um, a panning camera of a Chinese landscape. But the surprising thing is they, I think they built diorama sets just for this panning scene. And the sets themselves are extremely detailed and very pretty. I was really impressed with that. Um, Like, they have mountains and clouds and then, like, um, peach blossoms and... Well, you can't tell that they're peach blossoms, but they're flowering trees. It's all in black and white, 1937, you know. Um, But the dioramas are very beautiful. And so... Then we get in then we get introduced to our main guy. Our main guy, his name is Chen, and he is played by the least 
Asian looking white man ever. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. I think they might have gone out of their way to choose this guy to play Chen because he didn't look Asian at all. But then they did, like, um, some eye makeup and stuff to make him look Chinese. Um, didn't really work. Didn't work, actually. Um, but we're introduced to him, and he is preparing to go on a mission to Europe as a Buddhist monk. So he's going to spread the word of Buddha. Um, I don't think this is actually a thing, because Buddhists are, like, very passive in terms of religion. Um, so him being like, I'm gonna go on a mission, is very, like, anti-Buddhist rhetoric, but it gets the plot going, I guess. So he is being sent off by his, like, monk brethren, and we see um, this English couple that knew Chen and that taught him how to read English and, like, speak English. Um, and the wife is like, oh, Chen, are you sure you want to do this? Europe is not a place for, um, it's not a place for people like you. Um, and her husband is like, you can't just have a chink go barging off into Europe. Exact quote from the film. Which is like, um, okay, then what are you doing in China right now, dude? Like, does it not apply to you? You can't just have a European barging off into Asia. But anyways, I guess they didn't think about stuff like this. Um, so... Chen is sent off, shipped off to England. He arrives in London and he goes out and stands on his soapbox and is like, we just want peace. Buddha is peace. We love peace. We're peace and love. Um, and a crowd forms around him and they're like chiding him and they're like, peace and love? Gross. Like, literally, the crowd is saying stuff like, why should we listen to a savage like you? And then also, like, we hate peace and love. Like, the people in the crowd, they're, they're, they're saying that they hate peace? They're saying that they hate love? Like, I get that it's supposed to be showing how um, outcast and how racist the people are towards him being a foreigner in... London on his own, but I don't know. Why did they have them be like, we hate peace, we hate love? That's like, mm, you know. So somebody throws a rock at him and it hits his head and he dies. No, he doesn't die, but he gets knocked out for a bit. And when he wakes up, he is in court and they're deciding to sentence him to like a week in prison or he has to pay 10 shillings. Like, 10 shilling fine or week in prison. The charge is public disturbance. Mr. Man got on his soapbox and was like, peace and love, dudes. And people were like, no. And then threw rocks at him, made him, like, 
almost die. Probably got a concussion. That's probably why he's so weird the rest of the film. But it's like, okay, so now he's in prison. And it snows. And he, like, sticks his hand out into the snow from his prison cell. And he's like, what is this? Because, you know, they don't have snow in China. Well-known fact. Obviously. Um, So once Chen gets out of prison, he also gives all of his money, all of the money that he had, that he brought with him from China, um, he gives it to this one guy who says, oh yeah, I'll invest it all and we'll make double back. Obviously he's not going to get his money back because he just gave it to a stranger. Um, so he doesn't have any money, doesn't have anything. So he ends up having to go to the Chinatown in London and stays with... He gets a job working for um, another Chinese guy played by a white guy. And they're like... And Chen is very, like, disillusioned with the world now. He's like, love doesn't exist. Peace doesn't exist. Everything they taught me was a lie. Um, so he's, like, very dejected now. And very just out of it. So this is at a time point where we're about to have the first encounter with um, the, the child from the book title. But a little background on the child. So while Chen's going through his little little bumps in the road, you know, um, we have the child who lives alone with her father because her mom died. And the father, like, hates the wife and he's like, your mother was a hussy and that makes you a hussy too. And he beats her and he, like, you know, doesn't do great things to her. So she's, like, very abused. And they're supposed to be, like, poor Londoners. Like, Londoners without any money living in a little living in a little shack and trying to make ends meet. And the dad's a boxer, so, you know, he packs a punch when he beats her. Um, but the girl, the actress, is so bad. They got, like, a 25-year-old to play, like, an 11-year-old, which never is a good idea. Um, but it's an even worse idea when you put them in twin braids and don't do anything to make them look younger and tell them to talk like a child from Cockney with a Cockney accent. It, it, oh my God, it's horrible. When I first saw her on screen and heard her speak, I thought she was supposed to be German. She sounded German to me, but no, she was just a little child with a Cockney accent. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? So, Chen is walking along one night in the snow, and the girl is asleep in her bed, and her dad's drinking. But Chen, you know, he walks by their house and sees the girl's face through the window, sleeping so peacefully. So, as any normal man would do, any normal human would do, He went up to the window and, like, was staring at her. So the dad got, like, rightfully pissed off and chased him off. And then 
he knocked over some beer bottles. But then he was like, girl, why did you knock over those beer bottles? Her, her Um, And he was like, she was like, no, but I was asleep, daddy. No. That, that's how she talks, by the way. Um, but we'll get to a scene later where I'll do an actual impression of her and her acting later because I need to warm up for that off but it's coming so the dad we get to see his like abusive tendencies towards her gaslighting her um after he clearly knocked over the bottles he was like why did you knock them over you can do nothing right and she was like no but I was asleep I couldn't knock anything over but then he tells her to clean it up anyways so she does because what else can you do in that situation? Um, so then Chen is working. We other. This is another day. Chen's working in his, in the little shop. He put his little Buddhist manual for sale now at the shop. Because, again, he's disillusioned with um, the tenets of Buddhism now. Um, so he's working the shop. And since nobody's in the store, he's just staring out the window. And lo and behold, the girl that he saw the other night came by and was looking through the window. And she was mesmerized by one of the dolls that they had on display. And Chen, meanwhile, he's just staring at her. Like, if he had, like, superpowers, I'm sure they would be lasers. The girl would be dust. Because he's just, like, staring at her, laser-focused attention on her. Like, you would wonder why they don't have any customers in that store. It's because Chen just keeps staring at them and scaring them off. Like, um, okay. So, the girl, since she's poor, she can't buy the dolls. Um, so she walks away sad. So then she goes over and is looking through the marketplace... And she finds some flowers and she's like, can I get these, please? Um, And the woman is like, you have to pay several for that. And then the girl's like, but I have no money, please. And the woman's like, no. So this other man, I don't know what this man is supposed to be, but he comes up through the movie. He's like a catalyst for a couple of plot points. But he's like very creepy. He was watching the girl when she came into the market. And he was following her. And Chen sees him following her. So the guy, after our little girl leaves the place, sad that she couldn't buy the thing, um, this old guy, he buys the flowers. Then he also buys, like, a little teddy bear. And then he goes up to her and is like, here. Um, So now he's, like, got her. This is, like, kidnapping, you know? So Chen runs out and he separates the girl from the old guy. And then the girl's like, oh no, I have to get home now. Ah." So the guy, the old guy that was trying to like kidnap her is pissed off that he wasn't able to kidnap her because Chen saved the day. Like, um, okay. (laughs) Um, so... Then we have the little girl. She's also, so she's friends with this one older 
woman who's like, um, she's rich. And the woman is like, money isn't everything, you know. And she lets the girl play with like her expensive hat and jewelry when they see each other by the river. Because they meet up by the river and just sit there and like talk. Um, And the little girl, she's like, oh, but I'm so hungry. I could eat anything. I wish for money so that I can eat. And this older woman, she's like, you know, money isn't everything. Ugh, what I would do to be poor. What would I do to be poor? Ugh. And it's just like, you're telling this poor girl that can't even, like, feed herself that having money isn't everything. Like, come on. Just, like, be a good person. And then this woman is like, you know, sometimes I just think about throwing myself into this river. But the river's so dirty, and I don't want to die in such a dirty place. Like, um, why are you telling this to a literal child of, like, 10, 12 years old? That you want to throw yourself in the river, and that she shouldn't want money because it's bad. Like, um, this woman, like, keep her away from kids. And then also, this woman turns out to be a friend of her father's. Um, (laughs) and she doesn't do anything to, like, help with her father's abuse. So, like, overall, just, like, not a great woman. (laughs) So, then we have the... Oh, yeah, so, I... In my notes, I have down that the acting reminds me of, like, the acting scenes from... Well, like, you know, so out in some, like, kid sitcoms on, like, the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, they have scenes where the actors playing the characters have to act as a different character. So, like, the characters are in, like, a play, and then they have to act. It reminds me of those types of scenes, because, like, this acting is, is atrocious. Um, so the little girl goes back home, and she's late this time, and the, the dad's just, like, ripping into her. But he's, like, the only one taking, taking his role, like, with a grain of salt, I guess. Like, um, but he's chewing the scenery. He's, like, overacting to hell and back. But what else can you do when nobody else is even trying? Or maybe they were trying and they just couldn't. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't... I wouldn't be in the movie in the first place. In this film. But, like... Yeah, I don't even know. But he's, like... I have to go away for like he's like I'm going out of the house now and he's like I want my tea at 6pm no later so he leaves the girl goes out sneaks out does her thing um and she so there's a picture on the wall and it's a picture of her father like in his boxing gloves and stuff But then on the other side of the picture frame is a picture of her mother. So she's like, 
she, after her dad leaves, she like flips it and she's like, oh, mother, oh. Um, and then she goes out. Not really a smart thing to do when you're literally leaving the house too. Um, but she does it anyways. So she leaves the house. But when she comes back, her dad's there and he's waiting angrily. He's like tapping his fingers and he's like, I wanted my tea at five. And what time is it? It's ten to six. How dare you not listen to me? Where were you even? So he's like changing his story. And the rich woman is there as well. Um, and she's just watching. Um, so the girl is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, daddy. Um, and he like, don't call me daddy. Um, call me sir. So she has to call him sir. Which, um, not great parental relationship. (laughs) Um, but she has to call him sir and she's like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. So then she gets the tea for him. And then he, later that night, he beats her. Fun times. But next day, um, we get, we get the dad telling the daughter, I'm going away for a week because he has to go on like a mini boxing tour because he has to make money for them, which he promptly spends on alcohol and gambling (laughs) but he has to go to another city to for a boxing match so he's like I'm leaving you here um don't do anything bad so he leaves her the girl is like she doesn't want to stay there so she like runs off runs away um and she's it's winter time, so she's by the river, but she falls asleep and then is, like, almost dead. Because it's cold outside and she's only wearing, like, um, nothing because they don't own any clothes. So she's just wearing, like, a thin dress. So she's, like, curled up by the riverside, asleep. And Chen walks by. And Chen is like, I know this child. I'll take this child back to the store. So he takes the child back to the store. Um, So, kidnapping? This is kidnapping. So he takes her back to the store and, like, puts her in bed. Changes her clothes. So he, like, stripped her. Um, Police? We need a police here. FBI? Hello? So he, like, changes her into some Chinese silks and puts a crown on her. I think it's, like, um, he puts, like, a Siamese crown onto her and gives her one of the dolls that they have in the store. And she wakes up and she's like, am I dreaming? It's so warm. And then she feels her clothes and she's like, oh, it's wonderful. And she's like, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? So Chen comes over. And she's like, is that, I'll, I'll call you. And her nickname for him, what she calls him throughout the rest of the movie, what she calls him is Chinky. Her nickname for him is Chinky. She's like, I'll call you Chinky. You're my Chinky, okay? 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Even, I don't know, for 1937, was this acceptable? I don't know, this is still very, like, mm, you know? So, he and the girl, they're just, like, vibing for, like, the next week. Um, and he play, he brings over an instrument. The actor clearly doesn't know how to play it, so they're just, like, pulling the, the strings on it, and he is like, what do you hear? What do you hear? And then he asks, he asks her what, what her name is, and she's like, Lucy. So he's, like, playing Lucy on the, on the instrument. And he's like, did you hear it? But that's not your real name. Your real name is this. And then he plays another thing. And then he was like, did you hear it? Your real name is White Blossom. So like, he's telling this child, Lucy isn't your real name. Your real name's actually White Blossom. Um, hello? This is super creepy. Like, it's beyond creepy, even. And she's like, White Blossom, I love it. So, they vibe through... I wouldn't call it even vibing. This is like... This is... Crimes. Crimes have have been committed. They are being committed. Um, so they're just, like, continuing while the father's gone. But this is where that old creepy guy comes in again. Not Chen. Not... Chen, the old creepy guy, but the other old creepy guy that was trying to give the girl a fl- flowers and a teddy bear. So this guy, he goes and tells the father that um, his daughter is staying with Chen. And he's like, he's she's staying with a chink? With a yellow-skinned chink? And he's like super pissed. So he like, throws off his mitts. He doesn't even care about the boxing anymore. He's just he he probably wants to go and take out his anger on both of them. So like why what did this old older guy have to gain from any of this? How did he even know? Like, huh? So the dad goes back to London and he finds the store. And with him, he brings a mob of people. Um, an angry mob like people just looking for a reason to um mess stuff up so he goes in he breaks in and he goes upstairs meanwhile chen the girl's asleep white blossom lucy the girl the child whatever you want to call her she's asleep chen's getting some flowers from a flower vendor outside because he's like he, like, loves her or something. He, like, fell for her. Which, again, creepy, illegal, somebody lock this man up again. Um, so when the dad goes upstairs, it's just the girl alone. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? Take this crap off of you. It's dirty. Um, and he's like, we're better than them. So he, like, rips the expensive silk off of her, rips the expensive, um, wiry gold tiara thing off of her, takes the doll and throws it 
And then he, like, pulls her out of there. And she's, like, screaming and crying, like, no, I don't want to go. And, like, you know, she's upset. um, Because she knows what's going to happen next. So he, like, pulls her out. And once the mob sees that, that she was actually there, they're like, oh, my God, the gall. So then they start breaking the windows and, like, actually, like, tearing up the shop. And then they set it on fire. And Chen comes in and he's like, oh, my God, what's happening? What's even happening now? I was gone for five seconds. And what do I come back to? So he leaves out the back again. Um, cause you know, how else are you, you're not going to be able to deal with a mop of people with weapons and fire. So he goes out the back again and this old guy, again, he points Chen in the direction of the, of the dad and where he's taking the daughter. Like what's this old guy's end game? What's his goal? Is it just to like make drama? So Chen goes chasing after the dad and the daughter, but he's obviously way too slow because we have another scene before he even gets to where they where they are to their house. Well, generous to even call it a house before he gets to their little hut. And so when they're in there, the dad's like again ripping into his daughter. He's like, "Oh my god, what the hell have you been doing?" Um, and she's like, no, Chinky isn't bad. No. Um, again, still calling him Chinky. Ugh, gross. Um, my mom was like, they used to call me that in elementary school as an insult. Like, yeah. And then this little girl, she's like using it as like endearment terms. Like, mm, times have, times sure have changed. But... The dad, he locks the front door so the girl can't escape. And he, we get a camera shot of a, of a flog. Um, so his eyes go straight to it after, after the camera shows it. And he, and the girl's like, no, no, daddy, no. Because now she's like fretting again. So she can't even call him sir anymore. Um, I mean, yeah, that would be out of your mind when this crap is happening to you. So he grabs like the whip flog thing because there's also like a a whip attached to it. And so he's like hitting her. Um, But then before, so he hits her like once, but then she is able to scurry away and then she locks herself in the closet. Um, and then the dad's like, get out here now. But she's like, no, I won't come out. So then he gets his hatchet. And this is obviously the inspiration for the iconic scene in The Shining. I don't know if it is, but this is very much, um, this is very much that. So he takes the hatchet and starts knocking down the wooden closet door. But while this is happening, this is the funniest scene in the movie. Like, while something horrific's going on, but this is like, I don't know, it's super camp. So 
every time he hits his axe on the wooden door, it cuts to her and she's like, ah! but every single time. So he hits it and it's like 15 times that he hits the axe on the door before he's able to get her out. So every single time we get a cut back to zoom in on her face, like screaming, like, no, no. And every time it's like the same thing. But now she starts spinning around in the closet. Like, not only is she screaming, but now she's like turning and like turning the other way and then turning around again. Oh my God. Yeah, that, that, it's really something. It's really something. Like, I can't, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's like, she's screaming, but she's also like turning, spinning around while she's screaming. Like, is she trying to play the role seriously? Does she know that's like, not what you do? You don't start spinning around when you're cornered um and it's not even like she's looking around her she's she's straight up spinning um and they keep zooming in on her head when she's spinning too but so the dad's finally able to get a hole in the closet and he pulls her out of there and he accidentally hits her too hard on the head she's conked out now she's knocked out she's not dead She's not dead yet. I say yet. Um, So the dad then throws the whip thing down and he's like, ugh, I need a drink. So he sits down on the table. And this is around the time Chen gets to their little hut. Chen um, is able to get inside somehow even though the dad locked the door like he he shut it with um a latch but somehow Chen's able to get in so he quietly picks up the whip thing while the dad is taking a drink on the table so he doesn't see Chen and he's like I'm going to do it because he sees the girl on the floor like knocked out he might think that she's dead We don't know what he thinks. Um, And he strangles the dad. So he kills the dad. And then the right idea of Mr. Chen, he's like, I have to repent for my sins. So he picks up the girl's body, goes back to the Chinese antique shop. And then he's like, we'll be more peaceful after this. Um... So he burns himself alive, but he burns the girl alive too. Like what? He burns both of them alive. Like why did you have to drag the girl into this too? Could have just left her now now that her dad's dead, you know? But no, he decides to um, carry her into the fire with him. What? And that's where the movie ends. It ends with both of them burning alive. Like, um, okay. But Chen also, so I haven't really talked about Chen's, the actor that plays Chen's and his, Chen is, and his acting. So they had him play like a very meek 
a meek, weak Asian man. Because, you know, that's how they are. Um, so he's like, speaking broken English, but also the English, he doesn't speak it with an accent. So it's like, English accent, speaking broken English, but also very softly, very softly, and very, um, I guess, calmly. I don't know. All I can really use to describe it is meek. He plays the character very meekly, probably the director's directions. But, oh my god. The Broken Blossoms, 1937. It's, it's a trip. It really is a trip. Oh my god. Um, the acting, um, definitely not good. The story, hell, hell is better than the story. Story, not good. Um, visual effects, well, not visual effects, but like filmography, not good. It's like somebody halfway through the, well, not even halfway through the movie, it's like, once they got to the scene where the girl is like getting like attacked by her dad, they're like, mm, this is feeling a bit too heavy. We need some we need to bring in somebody else to make it like more lighthearted. Or maybe they did it to build up more tension. But I don't know. It's like it's like somebody else had a different vision for it. And they just directed that one scene. Cause that scene like I, it looks like um, something that could be in, like, Mommy Dearest or Who's Fluenti Rue. Like, that's, like, the level of hilarity that that scene produced. But I, I think it's all supposed to be played seriously, which is, like, the real kicker. Because this whole film, the whole premise, is completely whack. I, hmm... I was about to say I don't recommend watching it, but if you're looking for something... Actually, no, don't watch it. Um, it's very boring. It's a very boring movie. The only interesting parts are when it's being absolutely bad. Like, when it's being racist is when it's at its best. <laughs> it's like, unfortunate thing to say, but it's the truth for Broken Blossoms 1937. And... Thank you for listening, and I hope you catch another episode or listen to previous episodes of Fine Wine. Thank you. And I'll wine to you next time.